Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, October 8th, 2023, and I'm here with a few thoughts on number four Ohio State's 37-17 win over Maryland in the horseshoe yesterday. Now, it was, to say the least, an uninspired start by the Buckeyes. We learned just before kickoff that Travion Henderson would not play. Henderson sustained an undisclosed injury against Notre Dame and was held out yesterday against Maryland as a precaution. And uh, the Buckeyes would feel Henderson's absence in the run game all afternoon. Now, more on that in a minute. But that did seem to set the tone for what was a very slow start by the Buckeyes. Uh, The first quarter might have been the worst single quarter of football I've seen by the Buckeyes in the Ryan Day era. Only 28 yards of total offense on 16 plays for the Buckeyes in the first quarter. Now, Ohio State started the game with a three and out. Kyle McCord missed badly on two throws to Marvin Harrison Jr. on the possession. And then on the ensuing punt, the snap by long snapper John Furlman got caught in the turf. It rolled harmlessly to Cody Simon, who was one of the up men. Simon tried to run with the ball, but was stuffed for a three-yard loss at the Ohio State 30-yard line. Maryland would take possession right there at the 30-yard line and would score four plays later on a touchdown pass from Talia Tungabayaloa to Caden Prather to put Maryland up 7-zip. And we're all sitting there as Ohio State fans. I mean, what the hell just happened there? Uh, (laughs) Now, after forcing another Ohio State punt, the Terps would drive all the way down to the Ohio State 29-yard line and facing fourth and one. At the 29-yard line, Maryland head coach Mike Loxley inexplicably would take Talia Tungabayaloa off the field to run the Wildcat with Billy Edwards Jr., who would be stuffed for no gain by Tommy Eichenberg and JT Tuimolo. Wow, the Buckeyes dodged a bullet there. They were very fortunate Loxley outsmarted himself on that play because at that stage, I mean, the Maryland offense really had the Buckeye defense on its heels. Now, Maryland would force another Ohio State punt after Donnell Brown sacked Kyle McCord for an eight-yard loss. The Terps would take the ball and drive 60 yards in 12 plays to kick a field goal to make it 10-zip with 12.56 to play in the second quarter. The Ohio State offense would have no response, punting the ball back to the Terps again after only four plays. And at that point, I mean, I was trying very, very hard not to overreact. Though if you look at my Twitter feed at that point, you could see I wasn't doing a very good job of that. I was pretty much in full fucking panic mode at that stage. But then three plays later, Josh Proctor would come to the rescue of the Ohio State defense. He would step in front of a Talia Tungavailoa pass intended for receiver Tyrese Chambers. He'd pick it off and return it 24 yards for a touchdown to cut the Maryland lead to 10-7. And that would stop the bleeding uh, for the Buckeyes at that stage. By the way, all apologies to Josh Proctor. I mean, after being one of his biggest fans for several years, I had written him off completely coming into the season and he has played lights out for the Ohio State secondary this season so good for you Josh Proctor now the Buckeyes would tie the game on their next possession driving 72 yards on six plays McCord would hit Marvin Harrison Jr. for 58 yards to get that drive started but the Buckeye offense would bog down with more red zone grab ass and would be forced to kick a field goal Ohio State they still don't seem to have an identity or a real plan in the red zone very frustrating Now, Maryland would then take the ball after that and would drive 61 yards on 10 plays down to the Ohio State 18-yard line. And that drive was aided by a ticky-tack pass interference penalty on Denzel Burke. 
and a roughing the passer penalty on Mike Hall Jr. And that, that penalty occurred on third and 10. But with no timeouts and only 12 seconds to play in the half, Talia Tungabailoa would make another huge mistake, throwing over the middle for a short completion to running back Antoine Little. Now, Maryland was unable to get to the line of scrimmage to spike the ball before time expired, and the Terps, for the second time in the half, would have a drive end deep in Ohio State territory with no points. So the Buckeyes were extremely fortunate that Maryland just could not get out of their own way in the first half. You had the two drives, you know, ending deep in Ohio State territory with no points. You had the pick six by Tunga Bailoa to Proctor. I mean, really, the Terps should have had a two-score lead going into the half, and instead the game was tied at 10. So the Buckeyes were very lucky uh, to be in that position going into the locker room. The Buckeye offense at halftime, only 10 points on the board. Well, seven, seven of those points were scored by the defense. Only 16 yards rushing on 15 carries. Seven penalties for 56 yards by the Buckeyes. They were only one of seven on third down. More issues, as I said, in the red zone, having to settle for a field goal after having a first and 10 from the Maryland 13-yard line. I just didn't think it could get any worse. And then coming out of the half, Maryland would take the ball on the opening possession of the third quarter. They'd march 75 yards on nine plays to take a 17-10 lead on a nine-yard touchdown run by Tunga Bailoa. And but that's where things started getting really, really uncomfortable for Ohio State fans. I mean, the Buckeyes are down 17-10 with 10.57 to play in the third quarter. And then they would finally start playing with a sense of urgency Kyle McCord would lead the Buckeyes on a four-play, 76-yard touchdown drive that was punctuated by a four-yard touchdown run from Chip Trainum. Now, give Julian Fleming a ton of credit on that drive. He had a 37-yard reception that he made after slipping and falling on the play. It was pretty remarkable that Fleming managed to hold onto the ball at the Maryland four-yard line. Trainum would score on the next play. And that drive would start a 27-zip run by the Buckeyes that would turn the lights out on the Terps. Now, after Tunga Bailoa's nine-yard touchdown run, the Buckeye defense would limit the Maryland offense to only 31 yards on 21 plays. And Tunga Bailoa would actually throw another interception, this one to, to Lathan Ransom. And it was also at that stage that Kyle McCord would find his rhythm. McCord was 11 of 14 for 194 yards and two touchdown passes in the second half. On the day, he was 19 of 29 for 320 yards passing. That was a career high. And on a bum right ankle, Marvin Harrison Jr. delivered eight receptions on 13 targets for 163 yards and a touchdown catch. Harrison Jr. had another one for the highlight reel. With Ohio State facing second and 33 from their own 34-yard line, Harrison Jr. would haul in a beautiful over-the-shoulder catch along the sidelines for a 37-yard gain. Cade Stover would score on a 44-yard touchdown pass from McCord on the very next play to put the Buckeyes up 27-17. And that's when things started getting fun for the first time. (laughs) So I don't want to spend much more time recapping the play-by-play from this game. I'm going to assume you watched and know what happened. I'm going to tick down a list of a few observations here before I sign off. Now, I want to start with a few areas of concern, and then I'll end on some positives. First, let's talk about the Ohio State running game. No Travion Henderson yesterday. Ryan Day said in the postgame Henderson was held out as a precaution. He's expected to be back next week for the game at Purdue. 
But, I mean, to not be available for this game was another disappointing chapter in a frustrating career for Henderson where, you know, he's tantalized Ohio State fans with his big play ability, but he's just been maddeningly inconsistent when he has been available, and he's just not been available enough, right? He just hasn't been able to stay healthy since his freshman season. Still, with Chip Trainum, Mayan Williams, and Dallin Hayden, the Buckeyes should have been able to cobble together a respectable rushing attack in this game, and that was just not the case. Only 62 yards on 20 carries for Trainum. Now, he did have the four-yard touchdown run to tie the game in the third quarter. Only 23 yards on six carries for Mayan Williams, who has looked like a shell of himself so far this season. I just don't think Williams is healthy. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but just a shell of himself. And not a single snap for Dallin Hayden yesterday. Um, And Hayden, as we remember, was huge for the Buckeyes in this game a year ago. He ran for 146 yards and three touchdowns against the Terps. He was really the difference in that game for the Buckeyes last year. For some reason, the coaching staff just does not want to use Hayden this season. It's very very confounding. I don't understand it. Yesterday would have been a perfect spot for 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 Hayden, uh, and and I don't understand why they just they they're loath to use him right now. Now the PFF run blocking grades for the starting offensive line are actually not all that bad. Josh Simmons graded sixty nine point nine. Donovan Jackson thirty or sixty three point two. Carson Hinsman fifty nine point three. Matthew Jones eighty five and Josh Fryer sixty three point three. Look, those grades aren't all that bad. I mean, I think they're certainly good enough for Ohio State to have run the ball better against an opponent like Maryland. Now, I follow Ross Fulton. He's uh, he's an X's and O's guru for Buckeye Huddle. And Fulton tweeted yesterday that Ohio State just needs to blow up the run game. They need to blow up their plan running the football. Fulton is very frustrated with Ryan Day's tendency to run stretch into the boundary. He's been bitching about that for the last couple of years. Now, I have to rely on a guy like Fulton because I'm not a smart enough football guy to know what needs to change here, but it seems like the problem is mostly scheme and predictable tendencies. And beyond that, it seems that the use of personnel is another issue. Uh, The Buckeyes don't always seem to have the right back matched to the situation. I mean, you know, Trey Henderson shouldn't be your short yardage back, right? And and I think neither Chip Trainum or Mayan Williams is the guy you want running stretch into the short side of the field, right? I mean, neither is quick enough to get the corner. And um, so so and then I guess finally the offensive line is not up to the standard uh, that we expect at Ohio State, but we knew that coming into the season. It's it should be no surprise to anyone that the Ohio State offensive line has struggled, uh, but that doesn't feel like the primary issue here. Um, whatever the case. 85 yards on 26 carries, 3.27 yards per carry from your top two backs against an opponent like Maryland is just not good enough. Another concern I have, what's what's going on with the Ohio State linebackers? For the second straight game, Steel Chambers finished as Ohio State's lowest graded defender according to PFF with a grade of 56. Tommy Eichenberg finished with a grade of 64.8, which is well below, I mean 20 points at least, where he typically grades. And with the game tied at 17 in the third quarter, there was one play that really stood out to me. Tommy Eckenberg had a huge missed tackle on Tonga Bailoa on third and two. Now, thankfully, that drive would end on Lathan Ransom's interception a few plays later, but you know, I was stunned Eichenberg missed that tackle. He had Tonga Bailoa dead to rights in the backfield. He couldn't wrap him up. Tonga Bailoa squirts free and ends up getting the first down. 
And it also looked like the coaching staff had to replace Chambers with Cody Simon on several series in this game. And Simon wasn't much better. He graded out near the bottom as well, according to PFF, with a grade of 58.8. Now, Eichenberg did finish with a team-high 13 tackles. Chambers finished tied for second with seven. But it seemed like a lot of those tackles were happening at the second level, too far downfield. I just checked. Eichenberg hasn't made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage since the Youngstown State game. And we're talking about a second-team All-American from last year. Now, I think the interior of the defensive line and the play of the safeties has made up for the poor play of Eichenberg and Chambers, thank God. Uh, the defense has actually thrived in spite of their struggles. But with running backs like Catron Allen, Braylon Allen, and Blake Corum looming in the second half of the schedule, Eichenberg and Chambers have got to start playing better. And, you know, a lot of fans have been chiming for it, and maybe it's time to give C.J. Hicks a little run right now. Maybe he can be a, a difference maker. Maybe he needs to start seeing snaps in place of Chambers in certain situations. I don't know. Whatever the case, the linebackers have got to be better. I think we can all agree on that. One last concern, the Ohio State special teams. Now, I'm going to quote Austin Ward of Rivals here. Ward wrote in his post-game recap today, quote, in the first half alone, coordinator Parker Fleming's unit botched a snap that turned a, into a fake punt that was stuffed, didn't get set for an apparent punt block before getting flagged for a hold on a fair catch, and then got called for an illegal formation on a punt while giving up a 26-yard return, end quote. Ohio State is one of the only programs in the country that employs a full-time special teams coach in Fleming. That unit gave Maryland a short field that led to the first touchdown for Maryland yesterday. There were several special teams gaffes in big moments, both against Michigan and Georgia last year that we remember. I don't know why Ryan Day is wasting a full-time position on Fleming. Fleming's unit is consistently mediocre to bad almost every single week. And meanwhile, Day is settling for James Laronitis as a graduate assistant, which limits the impact Laronitis can make on the program. The Fleming situation, I mean, it just remains as one of the most confounding choices Ryan Day has made during his time at Ohio State. And I just hope and pray that Fleming's unit doesn't end up costing the Buckeyes a game this season. Okay, enough bitching for me. We are, after all, talking about a 20-point win over a previously undefeated divisional opponent. And as bad as things were in the early going, after halftime, the Buckeyes were lights out on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense. Again, only 31 yards of offense on 21 plays for Maryland after they scored on their opening possession of the third quarter. I thought Josh Proctor and Lathan Ransom were both phenomenal yesterday. Each of them had an interception of Tunga Bailoa. They were excellent in run support. JT Tuimolowa was excellent yesterday. He led the team in pressures with six and finished with a sack. Tuimolowa was great against the run, as he always is. I think the interior of the defensive line continues to play very well. Yesterday, it was Mike Hall Jr.'s turn to, to stand out. He finished with five pressures and a sack. Hall finished with the defense's highest grade for pass rush, according to PFF, with a grade of 84. I also like what I saw from Caden Curry. Three quarterback pressures from Curry in only 16 snaps. And I've been clamoring for Curry to get more snaps at defensive end for this defense. I love his motor, and as I've said, you almost always start to feel his presence as soon as he steps on the field. So, love what I'm seeing from the Ohio State defense. I mean, look, Talia Tungavailoa came into this game as the Big Ten's leading passer, averaging 293 yards per game. He finished the day 
one of 41 for only 196 yards passing. That's nearly 100 yards below his season average. He had two picks in this game. Only 302 yards of total offense for the Terps yesterday. That's 153 yards below their season average of 454. Only four yards per play by the Maryland offense. That's 2.8 yards below their season average. And last year, Maryland had seven scrimmage plays of 25-plus yards against the Buckeye defense. Yesterday, they only had one. The Buckeyes right now are eighth nationally in total defense. They're fourth in defensive yards per play. They're third in scoring defense. They're sixth against the pass. Just a ton to like on what's happening on that side of the ball right now. And on offense, I mean, look, Kyle McCord shaking off that rough start. Only two of seven for 14 yards passing for McCord in the first quarter. But he'd finished 19 to 29 and a career high 320 yards passing and two touchdown passes. The kid's unflappable. He doesn't let anything get to him. He's got more than enough arm talent to lead this offense. And I think he's making what I believe is a serious case as the Big Ten's best quarterback this year. Now, let's hope the injury to Emeka Buka isn't serious. I mean, it looked like he may have injured his knee. I think it was his left knee. And Ryan Day said in the postgame he didn't believe the injury was serious. But, man, you have to wonder, is that going to be something that will limit Igbuka? Is he going to have to manage that the rest of the season? I mean, we know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is managing an ankle injury himself from the Notre Dame game. And Trey Henderson, as we now know, is also managing an undisclosed injury. Managing injuries is something we have to hope this program has improved on from last season. I mean, through five games, Ohio State has its top three playmakers on offense, all managing injuries. So that's another thing to to be on the lookout for. But look, I loved what I saw from the Ohio State passing game yesterday. Now, finally, if we look at yesterday's performance through the lens of was it good enough to beat Penn State or Michigan? I guess it depends on which half you want to look at. I mean, the first half, hell no. And Penn State and Michigan would stuff the Buckeyes into a wood chipper if that's the version of Ohio State that shows up for those games. But with the way Ohio State played in the second half, I think that definitely beats Penn State. And it just might be good enough to beat Michigan in Ann Arbor as well. Okay, that's going to do it for me. Look for a preview of the Purdue game from us on Thursday. We'll also spend a little time looking back at yesterday's performance against the Terps. I might have a few new observations to share after re-watching the game. So until Thursday, thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.